Blog Talk Radio. show on another Sunday afternoon. Sign guy along with the coach with the most coming ass from coast to coast. He doesn't mean to brag, but he has to boast because his favorite all-time actor, Demi Moore, was in the movie Ghost. Coach Mike Jones, real quick before we jump into things with our guests, if you're looking for some professional wrestling today, today in Astoria, Oregon, you can catch PNPW, and moments from right now, you can catch Wrestle Club happening over in Nampa, Idaho. So make sure you have plans to go see some live pro wrestling if it is near you. But without any further ado, our guest is here. I want to jump into things with him right away. We are very excited to have him. Hangman Norton, thank you so much for being with us today. We appreciate you taking the time to be with us. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me on the show. Like uh, like I said, when we talked initially, you know, it's been nine years since I've been in the ring, um, but I'm glad to, you know, a- answer any questions and tell any stories. So thanks for having me. Our pleasure. And since it is your first time with us, I'm going to lead you off today with the traditional first-timer question. What led to you Alrighty. getting into the it's a professional wrestling. Uh, when I was a little kid, um, my uncle and my grandpa used to watch Big Two Wrestling out of St. Joe, Missouri. And I got hooked watching it, and then I got to hooked watching, you know, WWF, Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant. Uh, and then I started watching NWA with Ric Flair, the Four Horsemen. Uh, and then I, I was like, mm, I'd like to be a professional wrestler someday. And uh, many years later, I was about 23, uh, I found a school in St. Joe, Missouri, and went from there. Al, in your area of Missouri, there is a very rich wrestling history there dating back decades, uh, Missouri had a lot of professional wrestling in it. It was uh, one of the hubs for the NWA because, of course, St. Louis was the birthplace of the NWA for all intents and purposes. Uh, Kansas City had a rich history in it. The Missouri State Championship was seen as the gateway title to the NWA world title. So there's a lot of prestige, a lot of history in Missouri, and even to this day, St. Louis, Missouri is a hotbed for professional wrestling with a lot of independent groups coming out of there. What is it like being in a place 
place that is such a hotbed of pro wrestling where there's not only a lot currently happening, but a lot historically has happened there. Well, it's it's awesome, but, you know, when you go to shows or when you're doing shows, uh, people come up and they say, hey, you know, when I was a kid, I saw Bob Geigle and I saw Luke Fez and I saw Andre the Giant, uh, Bulldog Bob Brown, you know, all these guys that were local to Missouri. Uh, Harley Race, of course, you know, you can't forget Harley. Um, you know, uh, wrestling was a hotbed back in the day here, and it wasn't only at the, you know, the, the little arenas in both Kansas City and and uh, St. Louis. You know, you had them in the little towns, too, and a lot of it was at the the carnivals, the local carnivals back in the day, too. But it's it's awesome to hear people tell stories about when they were kids. Hey, this is who I met, and this is who we watched. Now, in your own career, when you were actively wrestling, did you see a lot of the guys that came out of Missouri and wrestled in either the St. Louis Territory or the Kansas City Territory just coming backstage to visit and be around shows, or was that something that you didn't really experience very much? Um, I went – I wasn't part of uh, Harley's WLW back then. I, I never never was part of uh, WLW, but I went to a couple of their shows, and you had uh, – Terry Funk was at one I went to. Uh, Vader was at one I went to. And uh, Bob Goggle, of course, was at one I went to. And, you know, them guys were happy to stand there and talk to you and and tell you stories and tell you what you need to do. And, you know, um, those were the main three that I ever talked to back then. Of course, I wrestled shows with Vistara, um, uh, Big Vito, who else? Doink the Clown. Um, and, and them guys would help you out, too. Um, they weren't shy to let you know, hey, this is what you're screwing up on, or hey, this is what you need to work on, or hey, your mic skills suck. You know, they they put it to you pretty good. One of the benchmarks that fans use to determine how great a wrestler's career was usually is the titles that they held. They can look at the title history of a wrestler and sort of gauge how good they were as far as a fan's viewpoint. Obviously, that is a different story from the people within the business, but I'm sure you have held many a title in your day. What are some of the championships that you've had on your resume? Uh, to be honest with you, the only real title I ever held was the uh, um, uh, Modern Championship Wrestling Heavyweight title. Um, I did wear their, what they called a Central States title, um, which was not the original, you know, Central States title that NWA had. Um, I, I had those two. Um, that was basically the only ones I ever held. Um during my my, uh, 14 years. Even having one championship on your banner is 
not a bad thing at all. A lot of people don't get that. Right. We uh, um, and the the modern modern championship wrestling, and to be honest, was I was part of the uh, promotion on that, and uh, but we used it. Used me, and I don't know if you know Brian Blade. Um, him and I worked back and forth, uh, passing that title back and forth for a while. Then we started seeing who we could uh, branch it out to, and we put on several other guys before uh, the promotion was ended. Brian Blade, former guest of this very show, very familiar with them. Okay, cool. Do the good guy. <laughs> Absolutely. With him. Wrestlers oftentimes will come up with favorite holds or maneuvers that they like to use, whether it's something that they use regularly in actual matches or it's something that they just like to use in training, uh, not necessarily using in their own personal matches, but they have it in their repertoire. Do you have a pet hold or move that was one of your favorites? I had a couple, actually, um, that actually either one would set up my finisher. Um, the first one, of course, being a simple DDT, um, you know, catch a guy off guard, bam, hit him with it, or the uh, spine buster. Um, just whip him into the ropes, pick him up, and just straight down slam. Um, either one of those would lead up to the, uh, well, it was a Texas cloverleaf, but we call it the hangman's noose. In today's wrestling landscape, Television and streaming has become a very important part of pro wrestling. Of course, you have the national companies that are on major cable networks and broadcast television networks, but even the smallest of independent companies have not necessarily television products, but products that are streamed and viewed by thousands of people on YouTube or Fight TV or whatever forum the company uses. So more than ever, it's become important for wrestlers to know how to wrestle for television, which is a very different animal than wrestling just for the fans in the arena. In your career, did you do a lot of matches that were either for television or being filmed for YouTube or some other service? Um, mainly back when I wrestled, um, like I said, that's been nine years ago. Back then was when everything was starting to really evolve to get on like YouTube or some kind of streaming network on, on the internet. Um, a lot of ours that I, that I did, we just did for like DVDs. Like we sell a DVD of a show uh, afterwards, have three or four cameras set up and just kind of edit them, you know, back and forth uh, between the cameras and then just sell them online. Uh, I didn't really do any TV work, no. Uh, since you've been out of the business for a few years, 
do you find yourself watching it on television and maybe having a different appreciation or a different take on things having been in the business for several years? Um, yeah, it's kind of, to be honest, it's, it's kind of hard to watch some of it. Um, I really don't sit down or have time to sit down and watch it, but I, you know, I keep up online, uh, watch the, uh, highlights and stuff like that. And, uh, and, and kind of keep on it that way. I do watch the pay-per-views. Um, I try to sit down and watch those, but, um, you know, some of the storylines get old and stale and, and I don't know why they keep pounding them you know, like they do, but. You know, that's not my decision. That's theirs. And uh, some of the some of the situations that are who they put together in, in storyline, it just it's like, uh, why are you working these guys? You know. In professional wrestling, one of the roles that often gets overlooked by fans and in a lot of cases by people within the industry is the importance of the referee. They can help make a bad match much better than it normally would be. They can take a good match and make it great. If you have a bad referee that doesn't know what they're doing, they can take a good match and make it really bad really quickly. A lot of people just don't appreciate what a referee can do for a match, good or bad. Who are some of the better referees that you worked with during the course of your career? We had a referee. His name was Justin Peacock. Uh, he was um, he, he when he came in, he hadn't had any real training, but he he learned quick. And you're you're right. A referee can you know make or break a match. Um, I refereed when I first started out. That's what I did was referee, then transitioned into wrestler. But uh, a referee can make or break a match big time. If if he's not in the right place at the right time, or if he was supposed to take a spot or a bump, um, and he's not there, that that can screw the whole thing up. Um, and he also needs to listen to, you know, the promoter. And when it's time to go home, he needs to let, let, let the guys know that, you know. So, so yeah, he is a big key player. And if he's not doing what he's supposed to or, or doesn't know what he's supposed to, then, then yeah, it, it could take a match south real quick. Did you personally have any matches where – Either the referee saved your match when things were starting to go bad or, on the flip side of that, ruined your match because they did things that took away from what you were trying to do. Um, Not really. Uh, I did have one. The guy was green as gourd, and they threw him in the referee one of our matches, and we told him that he was going to have to, you know, take a bump or whatever. And when and all this, well, that never happened because he wasn't in the right place at the right time. Um, we just, you know, went ahead and called it on our own and, and finished the way we wanted to finish. So not really. I mean, pretty much everywhere I worked, they had experienced refs. Um, 
I know Hebner worked one. Uh, I think it was Earl worked one uh, down in uh, West Plains with us. And you want to talk about an awesome referee. <laughs> of course, you know, he'd been in WWE and in TNA all over the place. So, you know, um, he was awesome to work with, though. When you had people like Earl Hebner and you saw people like Terry Funk and you saw people like Vader in that time frame, it was still when a lot of wrestlers were discouraged from asking to take pictures with guys or going up and asking questions, things of that nature. It was seen as a bit of a taboo thing to do in the locker rooms. That has been relaxed a good bit in the last couple of years. But when you were active and you had guys like that, did you personally go up and talk to them about the wrestling business and ask for advice or tips, take pictures with the guys, anything like that? Um, most generally, I just introduced myself and uh, went from there. If if they started up the conversation, then yeah, I stuck around and 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 listened to them. But you know, if they kind of like yeah, okay. whoop de do. I just went on, so. One of the things that all wrestlers that ever get into the business know and accept is that eventually an injury is going to happen, whether it's something just small and nagging or if it's something very major that costs a lot of time out of their career, eventually you're going to have that injury or two or three or 25. What are some of the injuries that you had happen during the course of your career? Um, I cracked my call. The first one I ever had was I cracked my collarbone. Um, I took a, we were, we were practicing and training. I took a clothesline and I landed on my left shoulder instead of on my back and it popped. And uh, cracked it. Um, I, the biggest injuries I've had, um, I would say, was my back. Like I said, I've had th- three surgeries on it. That's what put me out was the third surgery. Um, I had to have a fusion done. So um, the the injury wasn't done in the ring. It was done at work. But um, with what I had to have done to it, um, you know, it, I'm sure it didn't help it any. So that's that's what put me on the shelf. Well, at this point in time, my co-host, Coach Mike Jones, is standing by. I know Coach has questions to ask as well, so I'm going to pass you right over to the coach with the most. All right. Hey, brother. Nice how to meet you, man. Today? Yes, how I'm you doing? I'm doing all right. How about you? I'm, I'm doing, doing all right. How about you? I'm doing great. Thanks for coming on. Uh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Okay, so who were some of your heroes growing up, whether it was sports, music, wrestling, or ordinary life, or all of the above? Um, growing up, you know, when you're a little kid and you got the immortal Hulk Hogan standing there in front of you on the screen preaching his, saying your prayers, taking your vitamins, and training every day, um, 
he was he was my big hero back when I was a kid. So, um, you know, and then, then later on, probably I would say uh, when I was a younger man and kind of a a hole and and uh, didn't like doing what I was told. It was probably Steve Austin. <laughs> All right, nice. And then any others notables? Um. I was a big, well, outside of wrestling, I was a big Earnhardt fan, Dave, Dale Earnhardt uh, Sr. Um, you know, he was a respectable man, and 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 I loved what he'd done, and he was kind of an idol too, but I never really wanted to drive a, a fast car. And then uh, one of my segments is called Favorites. I'm sure the Stein guy and the rest of the fans would like to know what your favorite coffee to drink is. I really don't drink coffee. <laughs> okay. We get that answer probably 45 to 50% of the time, but really, signs of really? Yeah, I, yeah, I never okay. never really got into drinking coffee or espresso or cappuccino, none of that. So What's your favorite drinks? Well, right now it means I'm a diabetic. Uh, I have to drink uh, Mountain Dew Zero. So, um, okay. tea, unleaded tea. All right. And then what about your favorite sports teams? Favorite sports teams. I get, I, 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 being in Missouri, I get asked that a lot. Oh, you're a Chiefs fan. I, nope, I'm not. I am a <laughs> Dallas Cowboys fan. Okay. Um, I also, I also like the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, baseball. Um, my favorite uh, college football team is Nebraska, and I like the St. Louis Blues. Right on. What about the XFL and those St. Louis Battlehawks? They look pretty impressive. I, I, I caught a little bit of that. Yes, they do look pretty good. Um, it's still not the NFL, but, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's another football to watch. So uh, I really haven't got into that one. Um, okay. No, basketball teams at L.A. Lakers. Yeah, they're still going. Yeah, and then uh, yep. what about what's the, your favorite concert that, you, that you've seen? Favorite concerts that I've seen? Wow. Um, I know that's I've a seen hard several one. of those. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've seen several. I would say uh, uh, Garth Brooks at the Sprint Center when it first opened. Um, he did like a week long. Uh, concert there and we went one night and I, I would say that was the best concert I ever saw okay nice and then what are some of the most memorable matches you've seen and been involved with most memorable that I've seen um, I would say watching Wrestlemania 3 Randy Savage and Ricky Steamboat of course um, I was also at WrestleMania, um, what was that, 25, WrestleMania 25, when Taker and Shawn Michaels had their first match, uh, in Houston, Texas. Um, that was an awesome match, an awesome entrance, uh, just awesome to watch. Um. 
most interesting? Was it, did you want yeah, most interesting you, that I've been in? Yeah, most memorable you've been in. Sounds like the Brian Blade feud was really good. It was it was really good. Uh, we we done I don't know how many matches. Uh, I finally won the title off of him in a uh, oh uh, three stages of the hell match. Um, basically, um, he got the first fall. I got the second, uh, and then in the third, it was a lumberjack, and uh, I ended up pinning him. But I, I would say the most memorable match was me and uh, Iceman Howard Mortz in a Chelcoffley street fight in Chelcoffley, Missouri. Um, it ended up with me powerbombing him onto a plywood board filled with mouse traps. Wow, that sounds cool. And then what are some of the yeah. different character different characters that you worked in wrestling? That I worked or worked as? <laughs> worked as, yeah. Um, worked as? Um, oh, there was, of course, when I first started, we had the Intimidator, which ended up, he was just like Jack Norton, um, the hangman. And uh, I want to clear something up, too. I was the hangman before Hangman Page was even known. So, um Then we went to, uh, I've done some mask stuff. Um, we did the assassin uh, mask. Um, and, and an interesting one I've done, his name was uh, Silverdust, and he was had a silver mask. This was back when Gold Dust was most popular. Um, so I did Silverdust for a while. Well, then Silverdust switched to Rainbow and came out of the closet. And it was very interesting watching uh, Rainbow wrestle. Um, and he threw Skittles to the kids in the crowd, um, had a shirt on that said, uh, what did it say? Um, screw, screw Skittles. And on the back it said, taste my rainbow. And on his butt had a rainbow. Um, so, yeah, he was a pretty interesting character. And then, of course, Jack the Hangman Norton. All right, and then who were your favorite people to work? Oh, Blade. Blade's probably my most favorite to work. Uh, Howard and I worked together both as a tag team and against each other several times. Um, Who else? Um, Oh, J.B. Payne. Uh, Him and I worked several matches. Uh, He busted me open one night in jail coffee. uh, Jeremy Wyatt, when he first started out, worked the tag team that uh, I worked the tag team against um, with another guy named The Beast. Um, he busted me open one night with a DDT on a stop sign. Um, uh, there's there's several. Um, we got time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Trying to think, uh, uh, um, Tony Ray's. He worked. Uh, I worked with him several times. We worked the match down in uh, uh, West Plains, Missouri, um, and we beat the crap out of each other out to a count out. So 
Um, but he was always good to work with. Um, I was just, there's just several. <laughs> okay, and then what suggestions do you have for people wanting to get into the business? Well, um, suggestions: go to go to go to school, go to training, uh, pay your dues. Um, don't walk in acting like you're all cocky and you're the part of my language to shit. Um, because that's not going to work. Um, there's going to be somebody out there to clean your clock, a veteran. And uh, so, yeah, if, but go to school. Don't don't just think you can do it and walk in somewhere. And do you have any schools you'd like to suggest that you're still familiar with? Um, there's a couple out of Kansas City. Uh, I don't know the names of them right off the bat. Um I talked to a lady the other day out of Kansas City. Um, she's got her and her husband have a school down there. I'm sorry, I can't remember names exactly. Um, but there's there's a few in Kansas City, and I know there's some over in St. Louis that that are good schools too. And of course, I think WLW still has one. Okay, nice. All right, well, I got to cut my my segment short today. I really appreciate you coming on. It's an honor and privilege to have you on. We appreciate you, and I uh, wish you all the luck in the world in ordinary life, of course. Well, and then uh, right. I want to give I my appreciate. yeah, I want to give my plugs real quick, and then I'm sure Sign Guy has some more for you. All you right, I appreciate check- it. Thank you, man. You're welcome. You guys can check me out at Coach Mike Jones, the coach with the most. Coach Mike Jones on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. Don't forget to check out the Real School Army and the NGW Green Room for hundreds of interviews from celebrities all over the world. Also, the Coach Mike Jones Show podcast every Saturday, noon Pacific time. With a proud and honored to have a sign guy join me some of the times. And next week, I'll have Cuball Carmichael on May 6th, May 13th, Moondog Manson, May 20th, Feel Good. And on June 3rd, I got the chef from the Northwest. So looking forward to that. And thank you guys so much. And thank you, Sign Guy. Thank you, Coach. We appreciate it. Well, Hangman, you mentioned him. One of the superstars of the current era, of course, Hangman Page. As a Hangman, how would you compare yourself with Hangman Adam Page right now. Um, I would I, I see some similarities. Um, he uh, he's a, he's a hard worker. Um, I like his work. I like what he does. I like his mic work. Um, uh, he's he's. I like watching him work too. I mean, it just the man can put a match together. Uh, he can tell a story. He's not all about the high spots and 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 all that. It's it's about telling a story with him, and that's what I like. Now, in the AWA, there was a tag team called the Texas Hangmen. They were a masked team that wrestled in the last few years of the AWA's existence. Did you ever get a chance to either watch 
or even work with the Texas Hangman. No, I never, never heard, or never, never seen them or uh, or talked to them. Um, no, I, I can't, can't say that I have. All right, worth looking up on the YouTube. I think they were a fairly good masked team back in their day. Mm-hmm. One of the ways. Do you know who? Oh, um, it was. Tom Nash and I believe Gangrel was one of the Texas Hangmen as well for a time. Oh, okay. I have uh, to look also, that up. I, uh, Bull no, I, never, was I never knew about him. Who was? Yeah. Uh, Bull Payne. Hmm. Like he was one huh. of them. No, I have to look uh, them up. On and, uh, one of the. Give a, one of the things that a lot of wrestlers would do to increase the money that they made in professional wrestling is merchandising. A lot of wrestlers would make sometimes more at the merchandise table than they would for wrestling in their match. They had T-shirts, hats, drink cozies, keychains, anything you could think of a wrestler would try to sell it at the merchandise table. What was your merchandise game like when you were actively wrestling? Basically t-shirts to me. Um, I, I'd print up a few, have a few printed up um, and then bring them to the show and, you know, something that cost me five bucks, I sold it for 20. So, and, and you're right, that was the main way we made any money on the road um, back then. Um, yeah, because sometimes about all you got paid was a hot dog and a Coke or maybe a motel room. So, um, you got to make your money somewhere. So your side hustle is your, your money maker. Absolutely. Uh, what would you say was the strangest thing that you saw a wrestler selling at one of the merchandise tables? I really, basically all of us guys either sold shirts or, like you said, maybe koozies, hats. Um, i never really seen anything really strange or out of the ordinary. One of the big things in professional wrestling over the last few years that has been a source of a lot of debate is the bloodshed in wrestling. A lot of people, since medical sciences learn more about bloodborne pathogens, have sort of decried the use of blood in pro wrestling. A lot of the people still think that there is a time and place for blood. A lot of people want to see blood practically every match on every show. There's hot debates on both sides of the issue. There's sort of a moderate line in the middle with guys that don't necessarily love it but see nothing wrong with it if it's done correctly. Where did you stand as far as blood on shows? As far as blood, um, 
I really, I, I was for it. If if we needed to bleed, then we bled. Um, and there was one time that I got busted open that I wasn't even supposed to. Um, I as me and Blade, we were into a uh, thirty minute Iron Man match, and uh, about ten minutes in, he uh, ran my head into the side of the ring. Well, I thought it was padded, and it wasn't. Thus, it busted me open. Um, of course, the state of Missouri does not like blood at all. And if uh, they catch you gigging, um, they fine you. Well, the the uh, state guy come running over to me, and he was wanting the match stopped. He was wanting to fine me a thousand dollars and take my take my license away from me. He was going to find the promoter a thousand dollars, take his license away from him, because I was busted open and bleeding, and he thought I'd done it on purpose, and I hadn't. And uh, the match kept going. Brian and I, uh, we wrestled the thirty-minute uh, match to a draw, and then uh, we went backstage. And here, the state guy comes running in, yelling and screaming, and I was like, dude. Do you think I would bust? I put a you know an inch gash in my head with a goose egg. Um, so you know, blood to me. I don't. I don't think it needs to be every match, but if it needs you know part of the storyline, yes. Um, I I have nothing against it um, as long as you're cautious and, and know what you're doing. Another source of debate is something you just mentioned, that being the State Athletic Commission's. It's always been like this, and it still is. Some states have no commissions whatsoever, so anyone is free to do whatever they want as far as professional wrestling is concerned. Some states have a very soft commission that take money for the licensing and then stay completely out of it from that point forward. Some states like Missouri, Kentucky, Washington have very, very strict commissions where they have rules and guidelines in place and you have to pay taxes, have ambulances, take physicals, things of that nature. When you were wrestling, did you have a lot of Dealings with the commission were was the one you just mentioned sort of a rare occurrence where you had to deal with the commission. Well, when uh, I was promoting for Modern Championship Wrestling, I you know had a lot of talks with the commission. Um, my thoughts on the commission is I think they're just there to be greedy and take your damn money, and uh, and that's it, um, and then show up and tell you what you can and can't do. Which, you know, we're entertainers, so there's, I don't know why you have to have an athletic commission over entertainers. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, we, we went rounds and rounds with the state on many things, and, you know, we wanted to do this, but no, you can't do this because we won't let you. And, um, but... Now you have some of the guys that come to the shows and they're like, you know, 
this guy's a manager. Can he take a bump? Or, you know, if it's something simple like that, yeah, they'll probably let you do it. But otherwise, they're just, you know, right there, you can't do this, you can't do that. No blood, no no nothing like that. Now, one of the things in our state here in Washington that is on the short list of rules is wrestlers are not allowed to what they call juice each other. Uh, what they're actually trying to say is they can't use a device to cut themselves, but mm-hmm. the hard way cut completely fine within the rules of the athletic commission up to the referee's discretion, which of course they usually will go with the actively bleeding person's discretion, but just one of those strange rules that in place here in our state, I know every state, like I said, is different. Did you come across any strange rules from the commission that made you question on if they ever really understood what the wrestling industry was, or did you get a sense that they understood that we're making things difficult. How do you think that they actually saw the wrestling industry? Well, Missouri is kind of like what you just mentioned uh, on on the hard way, which is what had happened in that match with me, um, most definitely. And but then he's like, "Ah, you can't believe blah 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 blah. You gigged yourself." I'm not. I said, "Dude, I'm, I did not gig." I said, "That's like I said." Uh, some of the others, like if if you were going to have a, a referee, say, take a bump, or if you're going to have a manager take a bump, you have to ask permission from the, whoever they send to your show. Uh, you have to have permission from them first to do that. And if they say no, you can't do it. So then you have to go back and figure out what you're going to do, you know, um, that was one of the strange things is that we'd have to, have to ask about having a referee or, or a manager take a bump. Um, and then, of course, you know, like you just mentioned, the, the whole juicing or gigging or anything like that. Um, and if, if somebody was busted open, they definitely did not want the other guy, you know, making it bleed more. Just let it flow and do, you know, however it goes, it goes. A lot of wrestlers, especially a few years ago when the pandemic shut things down, got really involved in their gear. A lot of people, since they had downtime, wanted to have fresh looks when they came back full-time into wrestling. Lots of wrestlers will invest a lot of money into their gear, and they'll have upwards of a dozen sets of gear that they carry with them every show. Some wrestlers will just have one or two pairs of tights that they got at the local Walmart or whatever and call it good. When you were wrestling, did you have lots of wrestling gear at your disposal at any given show, or did you sort of work with just a couple of pairs of tights at a time? How are you as far as 
integrating gear into your presentation? Um, well, most of the time I worked at least two characters a night. It was usually, uh, you know, Jack Norton or um, uh, uh, Silverdust slash uh, Rainbow. So basically all I carried, I had one big roller bag and I had my boots, my wrestling boots for Jack. I had my boots for um, uh, Rainbow. And then I had my gear for Rainbow and, and mask and gear for Jack. And basically that's all I ever had with me. Um, very seldom did I have any extra gear um, to take with me anywhere. Um, but, you know, if, if if a promoter said, hey, we need, we're short this many guys, I need some hoods, well, then I had a couple extra hoods I'd throw in and we'd figure something out, so. A lot of times wrestlers will encounter trouble with travel, especially when you're flying long distances for shows. Sometimes bags get lost or uh, you misplace the luggage, whatever the case may be, and it will affect what you have at your disposal for a show. Were there situations where either you were traveling and had issues with your bag not being accessible to you or you were on a show where some incoming talent had that happen and had to makeshift something to work for the night? Uh, no, I never really had any of that problem. I did have one show. Um, I, I was told I, I wasn't working. I was just to be there. We were sitting something up, and I was just going to do an interview and, and vignette or something like that. So I didn't even bring gear. I was just in my street clothes and ended up in an impromptu match that night. So I had to wrestle in my street clothes that I had on. Um, I've had, and I, I have had times that guys are like, forget something. And uh, they're like, hey, do you got, you know, extra tape or do you have an extra set of boots or do you have uh, not necessarily tights or anything like that because, you know, I'm a bigger guy, so most of the guys didn't wear what I wore anyway. But, uh, you know, just just simple stuff like that. Now, in my own career, I've noticed a lot of times guys will have some very intricate tape rituals. A lot of wrestlers are superstitious in nature, and they will apply their tape in a certain way each time, or they will write something specific on their tape each time in a certain way. But there's a lot of rituals that a lot of guys use when they're applying their tape, did you have a set tape ritual or were you just wrapping yourself real quick and being done with it? Um, no, actually, like on my right wrist, I just taped the wrist and it had to be black. On the right, I uh, taped the wrist and around the hand on the inside and around the knuckles and it had to be black, black also. Now, if it was rainbow wrestling, he had a rainbow-colored duct tape that I used for his wrist. 
I'm using duct tape. Did that present any special problems for you, uh, wrestling with duct tape, which is going to be a whole lot stiffer than your standard athletic tape? No, not, re- I, not really. I, I would, you know, tear it and then tear it in half. And then I, it was only on his wrist. He didn't wrap around his hands. So it was just on his wrist, but it was rainbow colored, of course. So kind of uh, fits the persona. I know you, in your career, also did some tag team wrestling. And tag team wrestling is a different mindset and a different art form than singles wrestling. Looking back on your career, did you have a preference when it came to tag teams versus singles? Uh, Such as... Did I prefer to be in tag team or, or did I prefer to do singles? Correct. Um, I liked, I, when I first started, I was, you know, like I said, in tag team, I did like tag team wrestling. Um, at one point, uh, when I was in the NWA Midwest, we were ranked number three in the Midwest, me and Beast. Um, it, it is a different animal. Um you got to know where your partner's at. You got to know where your opponents are, and and, and your referee. You know, and you got to be spot on, or you're running into each other. Um, also, when to make the tag, when to work the crowd. You know, it's it's it is a different beast than singles wrestling. One of the matches that is very popular with the fans to this day. Wrestlers have mixed feelings on it based on what I have observed in my career. That being the Battle Royal, a lot of wrestlers really dislike Battle Royals and oftentimes wouldn't take a booking if they were strictly in a Battle Royal for the show with nothing else. Some wrestlers absolutely love battle royals and volunteered to be in them. Did you have a personal preference as far as battle royals went? Um, I was always up for a battle royal. Um, it was a good time killer. Um, it's an extra, you know, uh, extra time putting your face in front of the crowd. Um, sometimes you could, you know, work work a new guy that you've never worked before for a while. And then, you know, it's like you said, there's guys that don't like it and they'll legitimately get in the ring and say, throw me out. (laughs) So, um, I liked it. I I always had fun in battle Royals. So it's it's just a time that, you know, like I said, work somebody else that you've never worked and then go from there. I've been around where I saw guys in heated arguments on how quick they were going to be out of the battle royal. Guys wanted to see if they can make the most money in the shortest time frame if they were strictly doing the battle royal. I totally get where you're coming from with that. We're down to the last few minutes of the show, and I want to throw that to you if there's anything you want to say to the listeners today if you want to plug and promote 
absolutely anything you would like, the upcoming shows you might be attending, your favorite charity event, anything at all, floor is all yours. I appreciate that. Um, Brian Blade has his uh, his his promotion MMW or MM. Uh, shoot, I'll spit it out here in a minute. MWA. He runs out of uh, um, Nebraska and Iowa and Illinois. You ever get a chance to see one of his shows? Go see it. He's had guys like um, James Storm on there. Um, all different guys that you know that's been in 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 WWE, TNA, AEW. Um, he usually has at least one of them on there. Go see his shows. Always worth a while to watch. Um, my buddy Howard Mortz, the Iceman, he works several shows. Um, if you catch him on a show around Missouri or Illinois or uh, St. Louis, um, South Missouri, Springfield, down around that area, um, there's New Breed Wrestling that he works for. New Breed's a good one. Um, go watch them. Uh, you know, uh, Jeremy White's still out there. He, he's still working shows. Uh, you get a chance to see a show he's on, go see You know, these guys have busted their butts for years. Uh, I've known them for years. Go check them out. They're worth a while to watch. Um I really don't have any charities or anything that I'm working for right now. Um, I'm doing, uh, I'm a teacher, uh, paraprofessional here in Trenton, uh, Missouri at the middle school. Um, I work with special needs kids from fifth to eighth grade. Um, you know, if you have a special needs, um, foundation or, or club or anything in your town, you know, support them as much as possible. Um, I try to do as much as possible as I can, um, but I stay pretty busy, you know, DJing. I, I do craft work also, so um, if you see me out DJing somewhere at a wedding or, or a bar or, or a party or whatever, you know, come see me. Um, or if you need a DJ, give me a holler. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to take, take a gig. Um, also, uh, if you're on Facebook, Check out uh, Hudson's Woodcrafting. That's my uh, woodcrafting page. Um, I do some uh, custom work, um, laser engraving uh, wood right now. I'm working on getting a laser for glass and metal. So check that out. Um, Add me on Facebook, uh, Jeremy Hudson or Jack Hangman Norton, uh, to find me. Um, Feel free to add me. I was always up to add extra people so uh, that's about it right now well hangman jack norton i want to thank you very very much for taking the time to be with us today we definitely enjoyed it hopefully this will be the first of many visits you make to our show and best of luck to you and all that you're doing and hopefully we'll see you pop back up at a show at some point in the future well, I, I did talk to a guy yesterday. Um, he runs TSW here in Missouri. He's having a show in Mooresville, Missouri, on June 8th. Um, he's asked me to come uh, set up my craft stuff and sell some crafts. So 
you know, I'm going to do that. And heck, you never know. I might slide in the ring. You never know. Um, <laughs> um, it's always tempting. Uh, I worked the show doing DJ work for him about two years ago. And it was so tempting to, to get in the ring and um, the Iceman and uh, um, Plonk uh, both told me that I should have done it. So I was like, I don't want to get you guys in trouble. So got to stay within state regulations. So. Well, Hangman, we definitely hope to see it pop back up at some point in whatever capacity you would most want to do. Pleasure having you here. And anytime you want to come back, just let us know. Fans, jump on the YouTube, look up the Hangman Jack Norton. I think you're going to enjoy what he did in his career. Great, great talent. So give him a look. We will be back with you next week. Next Friday afternoon, we have the scuffling hillbilly cousin Larry on the show from the great state of Maine. One week from this very day, Mr. Nice Guy from Dwarfinators will be our guest. And two weeks from this very day, we are joined by the brother of Turnbuckle Turmoil Hall of Famer Kevin Sullivan. Evad Sullivan will be stopping by the show, so make sure you have plans to be with us. Everybody continue to stay safe out there. Support your local independent wrestling. I forgot earlier in the show, but you can also find Reactivate Pro Wrestling today over in Richland, Washington. So people in the Tri-Cities don't have time to get over to that show. We will talk to you soon. Everybody stay safe out there.